0: And now, Ellery Queen, Master Detective and your host for the next half hour. Thank you, Ernest Chappell, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think tonight's mystery will keep you guessing. It's about a strange chain of anonymous letters. I call it The Adventure of the Mischief Maker.
1: and finish
2: your breakfast. Hmm? Oh, yes, yes, of course, dear. Bloaters jolly good this morning. <laughs> my dear, for an American, you'll really perform miracles with a bloater. For an American?
1: Hubert Lester, you've been in this country long enough to stop being so patronizing.
2: Now, now, pet, I wasn't being anything of the sort. I
1: suppose I ought to get down on my knees to you because you deign to marry an
2: American girl. Oh, I wouldn't put it that way. You're
1: married four months. Already you're reading newspapers at
2: my breakfast table. But, darling, I was merely looking up the situation in tea. When Sir to sent me here from London to take charge of the New York branch of Spofford Tea Limited, he, he said to me, old chap, Looking up
1: the situation in tea, were you? Mm-hmm. You were looking up that movie star's photo, that's what. That hussy with the legs. My love, I just happened to glance at it and pass in passing. Seems to me you've, you've just happened to glance at an awful lot of females, Hubert, since we've been married.
2: Oh, what utter nonsense, my dear. And even if I wanted to, which is rot, of course, you know I couldn't risk the scandal, my dear. I, I'd be given the sack, you know. The Eustace won't brook the least breath of scandal.
1: What about you and your secretary?
2: Me and my secretary? <laughs> that spindle shank's weather-beaten antique, my dear. <laughs> now, really, sweet. Well,
3: maybe
2: I'm wrong. Eat your bloater, dear. <laughs> of oh, course, darling. Oh, by the way, uh... What was that letter that arrived in the morning post for you?
3: This letter? That's Mrs. Hubert Lester, 230 Hatton Avenue, New York City. Well, whoever wrote it certainly ought to fix his typewriter. Broken letters, out of line, some old smudgy. And well, who's it from, Pet? let Mrs. Lester. Your husband, Hubert, is... I knew it. Huh? I knew it. Hubert just proves
2: it. Proves it? Proves
3: what?
1: You sir? snake! You
2: worm, you... But I, I need to say, but Here, let me see that. Your husband is in love with his secretary. He is leading oh. a double life. Find a friend. But, but I, I mean to be say that... Jack, Weatherby... Be... But, my love, you don't put credence in if who don't even sign their names. I scarcely know what my secretary looks like.
4: Oh, I'll
2: bet. Now, darling, I give you my sacred word. Your I...
1: sacred word. Out of my way, you... Judith, but for pets, where are you going? I'm going to Reno. Two-time, a respectable American girl, will you? Well, Hubert Lester, I'll get a divorce from you so fast that precious Sir Eustace of yours will think his New York representative was tarred and feathered and
0: boiled and oil. Now, Mr. Plunkett, to meet my son, the secretary, Nicky Porter. How do you, How do, you do? do? Mr. Plunkett came in to headquarters yesterday morning, Avery. He's back this morning for a report. A report on what, that. <laughs> He sends a sucker for screwy cases, Mr. Plunkett. Tell him. Well, Mr. Queen, it's sure a lulu. Here, read this letter that come yesterday morning. Uh, read it, Nikki, aloud. Hmm.
3: Goodness, what a bad machine this was typed on. Broken letters, dirty, out of line. Never
0: mind the type in, Miss Porter. Just read it.
3: Hmm. It's addressed to the president of the West Side Bank, 315 Hatton Avenue, New York. It says, Dear Sir, the rent collector for your bank, Ethan A. Plunkett, is a thief. He is stealing rent money on properties the bank owns.
0: Signed a friend. You're the Ethan A. Plunkett this anonymous letter refers to. That's me, Mr. Queen.
3: Well, I'm sure the president of the bank you work for doesn't believe this charge, Mr. Plunkett.
0: He don't, Miss Porter, seeing he's me. Who's you? (laughs) Mr. Plunkett's only been posing as the realty representative for the Westside Bank, Nicky. Secretly, Mr. Plunkett's the president. Owns the bank lock, stock, and barrel and all its properties. Protective coloration, Mr. Queen. I got a slew of hungry relatives. If they knew I owned the bank, they'd make a pauper of me in no time.
3: But, Valerie, if Mr. Plunkett owns the bank, how could he be stealing rent money from the bank?
0: Well, obviously, the writer of this letter didn't know Mr. Plunkett owns the bank. Just tried to get him into trouble. Some crank. That isn't our son. Vivi. Yes, Inspector? Come in there. You see, one of the properties Mr. Plunkett owns is a five-family brownstone on the west side. I live there myself, Mr. Queen. Oh, Vivi. Yes, yeah, Tell Henry what you found out at Mr. Plunkett's house. Oh, that cock i
5: kiss. You see, Maestro, the inspector sent me over to 230 Hatton Avenue yesterday to see if anybody else living there got one of these letters signed A. Friend. Someone else got one, Sergeant? Yep. One of Mr. Plunkett's tenants and neighbors there is people named Lester. Mrs. Lester's hitched to this Hubert Lester, a British who's been in this country around six months. The playboy type.
0: I mean, he'd like to
3: be. I know. A friend wrote Mrs. Lester that hubby's being untrue
0: to her. And the news, Nicky. So Mrs. Lester packed up, and now she's heading for Reno. My family have mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Plunkett, who are the other tenants at 230 Hatton Avenue? Well, there's Miss Bertha Lamb, an old maid. And a bachelor named Hodge, Louis Hodge. And a family named Drayton, husband, wife, and 15-year-old daughter. Drayton's a psychiatrist.
3: Mr. Plunkett, Mr. and Mrs. Hubert Lester, Miss Bertha Lamb, spinster, Mr. Louis Hodge, bachelor, and Dr. Drayton and family. I've got it all down early.
0: Fine, Mickey. Mr. Plunkett, does anyone in the house bear a grudge against you and the Lesters? Mighty funny yes, that, Mr. Queen. My janitor there, Joe, is a big sorehead. Pretty tough egg, Joe. Born on Hester Street in New York here. He'd have been a gangster, I guess, if he'd had more brains. What's Joe sorry about, Mr. Plunkett? Well, seems like Joe didn't get Christmas presents uh, enough from most of the tenants, including me. I, uh... <clears throat> Flip my mind.
3: <laughs> so Joe sends anonymous letters?
0: It's hardly a laughing matter, Nicky. One of these letters has already separated a husband and wife. Yes. Anonymous letters have done a lot of mischief in this world. They've even caused death, Dad. I think we'll look into this. We'll begin by asking Dr. Drayton, Miss Lamb, and Mr. Hodge if they've received letters from the mischief maker who signs himself a friend. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have the beginning of our mystery. We'll be back in just a moment to tell you more. But first, Ernest Chapel.
6: Oh, for the life of a fireman. Bells clanging, men sliding down poles, fire trucks racing through traffic. <laughs> Nothing but thrills and excitement. Oh, but that's not the way Mr. Thomas Byrne of Elmhurst, Long Island tells it. He right, we're called out on the average of twice every day. Some of the fires don't amount to much, but when we get in on a real blaze, then I've got to be quick on the trigger ready for anything. Besides working under a nervous strain, there are the discomforts of going through heavy smoke and fumes and getting drenched by water from the hoses. Sometimes, after a session like that, I've got a pounding headache. My stomach feels upset and my nerves are on edge. But I can count on bromo to help me feel better fast. A great many of us down at the firehouse keep a bottle of bromo seltzer in our lockers all the time. And that's a mighty good idea for everybody. The so friends, tomorrow, get a bottle of Bromo Seltzer for your medicine chest. And the next time you're suffering from a common sick headache, uh, you'll know where to go for quick, effective relief. And now, back to our story an hour later. The Queens, Nikki and Sergeant Bealey are standing before an apartment door at 230 Hatton Avenue, New York City. Inspector Queen has rung the bell marked... B.V. Drayton, M.D. Suddenly. Yes? Yes? Dr. Drayton? Yes? May we see you a moment privately?
0: All four of you?
6: I'm pretty busy. Police. Oh. come in. And sit down, please. Thank Thank you, Doctor. Now, what's the matter?
2: Dr. Drayton,
0: we're investigating a slight case of anonymous
6: letter writers. Anonymous? Anonymous? Oh.
0: Two people living in this house got anonymous letters yesterday morning. Did you receive such a letter, Dr. Drayton?
6: I, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Let's see it, Doctor. Very well. Here. Mm.
0: Same broken type of line. Smudgy.
3: Typed on the same machine as the other two.
0: Dr. Drayton, your 15-year-old daughter, Sissy, is in serious danger. Take a tip from a Friend. Dr.
6: Drayton, why didn't you report this to the police?
3: Your own daughter in danger.
6: Nonsense. My wife was frightened, too, but as a psychiatrist, I'm quite familiar with anonymous letter writing. Really, doctor? You mean it's a psychopathic manifestation? Very often. We call it anonymous graphomania. It's a form of hysteria. Not a crime or a prank, but an illness. The writer of this letter is probably a neurotic, maladjusted, emotionally unstable individual whom it would be criminal to prosecute. Why, I've handled lots of them. Very interesting, Dr. Drayton.
0: Haven't you found that anonymous letter writers are often of a certain type, age, and sex? Well, yes. What type, Mary? I'm sure
6: Dr. Drayton's more competent to explain. If it's a case of true anonymous graphomania, why, the writer is often an adolescent. Of which sex, doctor? I, female. Neurotic, adolescent, female. Hm.
3: Why is it that every time something bad happens, men blame women? I'll bet just as many nasty boys Nicky, right.
0: uh, doctor, we'll keep this letter, if we may. I'd prefer... Yes, of course. Good day, Dr. Uh, good day. Thanks, nice, Doc. Good day. Sorry. You know what I think? Uh, not yet, ah. Sergeant. So that's letter number three. Dad, let's call Miss Bertha Lamb spinster and see if she's got number four. <laughs> Miss Lamb. Go on, any. Here, madam, keep that door open. We're from police headquarters. I
4: brought a ticket to the policeman's ball. We're not
0: selling anything, Miss Lamb. You let us come into your apartment for a few minutes, I madam. will
4: not. How do I know you're a policeman? What's this painted girl doing with you? Painted
5: girl? Oh, Why not? Uh, Sergeant, show Miss Lamb your shield. Here. If you want to see the inspector's, his is gold. Satisfied?
4: Well, come in. What do you want?
5: Have
0: you received an anonymous letter, Miss Lamb?
4: Anonymous letter? I should say not. Yeah, well,
0: three of your neighbors have received such letters, Miss Lamb. Mm,
4: well, considered my neighbors, I'm not surprised. You take the Lester's, that Englishman, and his vulgar American wife. She's a nasty woman, and as for her husband, you'll just let me catch Mr. Hubert Lester making eyes at me.
3: At you, Miss
4: Lester? Well, he better not. I have the blood of American pioneers in my veins. Uh, what
0: about
2: Mr. Plunkett?
4: That awful gank rent collector. He lives in one of the apartments, so you think he'd see to it my bathroom plumbing stick. But not Ethan Plunkett. Why, from the way he won't spend their money, you think he owned the bank.
0: Yeah, wouldn't you? And Dr. Drayton and his family, Miss Lamb.
4: Oh, horrible people. Mrs. Drayton's an absolute kill. Comes from the Midwest somewhere. Always not in New York. And Dr. Drayton, they're both from the same hometown. Why, he ought to be rolling tails back where he comes from. And Nosey, I don't know how many times he's asked me about my dreams. I could tell you him your dreams, Lammy
0: Pie. The very odd. Idea. Uh, Miss
4: Lamb. A 15-year-old daughter of theirs, Ever I saw goon in my life. That child is one absolutely weird, very homely. Wears thick glasses, stays home all the time reading nasty books. I tell you, that girl gives me the shivers.
2: No, dear, I'm
4: the only person. This entire house this to be a decent person's neighbor. Is that grand Mr. Hodge? So nice. A bachelor, you know. Keeps to himself. Poor man. So shy. Uh, you know, I've uh, often wondered uh, uh, Well, why thanks, he... Miss Lamb. Uh, we've got to be going. But let me tell you about Mr. Hodge. He never throws wild parties. Let's go for people. a perfect gentleman,
0: so I know that he was... <gasps> well, Miss Lamb didn't get a letter. Mm, interesting. Let's see if her dear Mr. Hodge did. Oh! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. i just bail again,
3: Ellery. Like that. Ellery, where'd you send Sergeant Bailey?
0: Downstairs to best Joe the janitor. Where <laughs> is this anyway. Not home. We'll have to come back later, Dad. And I tell you, you ain't gonna. Give me hey, that. What? don't
5: get tough, Joe. No. Hey, folks, look what I found.
0: Bailey, what are you doing with that typewriter? Who is it? Where'd you find it, Sergeant? In a
5: trash bin in the basement when I went down to get this tough mug janitor.
0: I almost passed it up as a piece of junk.
3: Certainly an old baby, Ellery. Isn't that the typewriter?
0: No doubt about it, Nicky. This is the machine used to type those anonymous letters. Yes, I do. Characters out of line. How did typewriter come to be in your basement, Miss House? And who are you,
6: Grandpa? Oh, wise guy.
0: Eight hey.
6: o'clock. I don't know. I never seen it before. Hey, did you,
0: Joe? Joe, did you receive an anonymous letter yesterday morning?
6: What's that? A letter with no name,
0: just signed a friend. I don't get no letter. I'm just the janitor. Just smart enough to play dumb. Joe, yeah. How'd you make out this Christmas?
3: I'll bet you got oodles
6: of presents from people in the house, no. Presents? No, they're all tightwashed. At Berta Landane, she'd give me two bucks, but not another dime from nobody else. Be a good janitor. Work like a horse.
2: Comes Christmas time?
6: Nothing. Uh, I got a good mind up to collect that garbage. Yes, we heard
2: you.
0: far to downtown to be fired. Let's go to some restaurant around here where we can have some lunch and talk this pesky case over. Oh, here's Sergeant Dealey back. Phone headquarters, Sergeant. What's your report, Dealey? That's like I already figured,
5: Inspector. The boys didn't dig up a single other letter signed A-Friend anywhere else in the neighborhood. And now let me
0: eat with you. Only the tenants at 2.30 Hatton Avenue got anonymous letters. Well, son, with the typewriter found in the basement of the house where the writer tried to dispose of it, and the basement being accessible only to the tenants. Yes, Dad, it means the letter writer is one of the tenants of 230 Hatton Avenue.
3: Think that somebody would go to all that trouble just maliciously to make mischief.
0: Well, how do we know? Maybe he's only making it look like crank stuff. To hide some other motive? Could be, really. Well, say, there's Mr. Plunkett just walking in. Uh, Mr. Plunkett. Eh? Uh-huh. Oh, Hi, folks. Hi. Hi just come in for some lunch. My bank's just on the next block, you know. Well, find out who's writing those letters, Inspector. We're still working on it, Mr. Plunkett. We haven't even been able to see all your tenants at 230 Hatton Avenue. Lewis Hodge didn't answer our ring. Oh, what do you know about Hodge, Mr. Plunkett? Nice fella, Mr. Queen. Quiet. Minds his own business. I wish all my tenants was like that fellow Hodge. I wonder if he got
3: one of those letters.
0: Hodge? course he did. You he didn't he know, that's all. Didn't I mention it? Thought he did. Must be getting old. How do you know Hodge got one of the letters, Mr. Punkett? says I saw it in his box yesterday morning with my own eyes, Inspector. Couldn't mistake that typewriting. Same's on the envelope I got. Then, of course, you don't know what it said, Mr. Punkett. What's Lewis Hodge do for a living? Nothing right now. Fact is, he's behind in his rent. Only last week I said to him, Mr. Hodge, I ain't a man to kick a fellow when he's down. Good
3: Lord. would where you jump up for? What's the matter, son?
0: Hodge out of work behind his rent, facing eviction, received one of those mischief-making letters yesterday morning. Come on, Mr. Plunkett. We've got to get into Hodge's apartment at once. Mr. Hodge still doesn't answer.
3: Better unlock
0: his door, Mr. Plunkett. But I didn't tell him nothing about evicting him. Had to jog him up, didn't I? On um, sonnet. Can't seem to. Sergeant, unlock the door. Take the key for Mr. Plunkett. Sure, all right. you and Mr. Plunkett better stay out in the We'll we take a look. Here right, right, we
4: are. Sir, we'll be right out here.
0: Sir. Living room. Empty. That letter on the table. It looks like one of on the same crop. It is. Typed on that old wreck of a machine. To Lewis Hodge, this address. Mr. Hodge. The cops are watching you. You can't get away. Signed a friend. Some friend. Where is Hodge anyway? That door over there. Must be his bedroom. Yeah, it's locked. We better force it there.
5: On one side, gents. Uh, again?
0: There uh, uh. uh, yes. On the bed. Dead. For at least twenty four hours, I'd say. Shut through the left temper. Gun still in his hand. Windows and doors locked from the inside. So it can't be anything but suicide. Blasted, letter drove Hodge to suicide. Yes. At last, our friend, the mischief maker, has caused a death. Eric. What's up, Dad? It's taken us two days, but we finally identified Lewis Hodge.
3: Identified him? <laughs>
0: An escaped convict serving a life sentence for murder. Born in Cincinnati and was doing his stretch in an Ohio pen when he managed to make a break. He's been holding up in New York. Yeah,
5: his real name was James Lewis Hodgkiss.
3: Escaped convict? Hmm. No wonder Mr. Hodge was such a model tenant.
0: Yes, he must have been at the end of his rope. Broke, afraid he might be recognized and sent back to prison. Hodgkiss undoubtedly lived in constant fear. That anonymous letter saying the police were watching him broke his nerve and took the easy way out.
3: How did the letter writer know who he was?
0: We probably never know, Nicky. May have recognized him from having seen his photo somewhere. Or it might have been a complete shot in the dark.
5: Anyway, we're back where we started from. Who sent the letter that drove Hodge to suicide? Who wrote to Mrs. Lester and broke up her marriage? Who wrote Dr. Drake that his 15 year old daughter was in danger? Who wrote old man Plunkett trying to get him in trouble with the bank? A hey, friend, Sergeant.
0: Yeah. I think it's hopeless. Dad, have you got those letters on file here? Yes, sir. Here, yeah. uh, the envelope's too bad. Oh, thanks.
3: Well, what are you looking them over again for, son? You've examined them all before, Ellen. Oh,
0: I ought to have my eyes examined. 20 minutes. What do Here it was all this time, and I didn't see it. Didn't see what, Maestro? Look at these four envelopes. Don't you see there's one thing all four addresses have in common? There. What thing, sir? A clue. A clue in the addresses. The same clue.
3: In the addresses? Well, the one to Mr. Plunkett's address to the bank. The ones to Mrs. Lester, Dr. Grayton, and Lewis Hart to address addressed to the apartment house. The addresses are all correct, Ellen.
0: Wait. There's one erasure on each envelope. Oh, right, Dad. And in the same place in each case. Bar. Ah. Say, that's right.
3: Some typewriter character. One character has been erased just after the house number on each envelope. Between the house
5: number
0: and the name of the street. I wonder what was erased. Can't make it out, son. Can you? No, Dad. But I know what was erased just the same. You mm-hmm. wow. Yes. And that tells me the identity of the mischief maker who wrote these anonymous letters. And uh, now, let's solve our mystery. Miss Bean, who wrote the anonymous letters?
3: I think Dr. Drayton. Mm. And why do you think well, because he hesitated so much in answering the questions, and he didn't report his letters to the police force as the others did.
0: Thank you, Miss Dean. Now, Mr. Cusack, who do you think wrote the anonymous letters? I think it was Dr. Drayton's daughter, Mr. Queen, uh, who was described by Miss uh, Lamb as being very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think that? Well, Miss Lamb said that she stayed home all the time
2: uh, reading uh, strange books. I think she probably found access to her father's uh, scientific uh, books, and that uh, her
0: imagination started to work. Thank you, Mr. Cusack and Miss B. You'll find in just a
6: moment whether you've solved our mystery correctly. And now, Ernest Chappell. Friends, for United States Cadet Nurse Corps information, write in care of Box 88, New York City. Now, if you can qualify, you'll do your country a great service and build yourself a future through the United States Cadet Nurse Corps. And don't forget the March of Dimes. Send your dimes and dollars now to help fight infantile paralysis. Come
0: on. All right, all right. Let's have a Now We know that the four anonymous letters all came the same morning. They must all have been typed at the same time. We also know that in addressing the four envelopes, the writer typed a single character of some sort between the house number and the name of the street. And in all four cases, before mailing the letters, he erased that character. Now, what were those typewriter characters he put in and then took out? Were they different characters in each case? I'd say it was the same character in each case, because at least three of the four addresses were identical. The erasure occurs in exactly the same spot on the four envelopes. Right, Dad. So it was the same character.
3: So what character was it, of?
0: Let's figure it out together. What are the possibilities? Well, the erased character could have been a numeral. Like 1, 2, or Yes, or it could have been a letter of the alphabet.
3: Like A, B, or
0: X. Right, or it could have been a special mark. A dollar sign or a percent sign. Or any of the other special keys on a typewriter. Or finally, it could have been a punctuation mark. Now, the erasure in each case occurred just after the house number. Could the character have been a numeral?
3: That would mean that the writer originally typed the wrong house number, Ellery. One well, with four numbers instead of three, like 2305
0: oh, instead of 230. Oh. Exactly, Nicky. How could the writer have typed the wrong house number? You know, he was someone in 230 Hatton Avenue. He certainly knew his own address. So the erased character wasn't a numeral. Was it a letter of the alphabet? Might have been the erasures of between the house number and the name of the street, so they could have been a wrong letter to start the name of the street. Don't be a fool, David. Huh. If he knew his house number, then he knew the name of the street, too. Better. That's right, Sergeant. So the erased character wasn't a letter of the alphabet, either.
3: Well, it certainly couldn't have been a dollar sign or a mark like that.
0: No, Nicky. A special mark in that particular spot, an address, would make no sense at all. Okay, so the character erased must have been a punctuation mark. The same punctuation mark. But which punctuation mark? Well, Dad, do we use punctuation marks after the street number in an address?
3: We? Who's we?
0: <laughs> we, the people. We, Americans. Americans? Certainly not. You mean there's countries where they do? Yes, Sergeant. In certain foreign countries, it's accepted practice to put a comma after the street number. 230 Hatton Avenue, citizens of those countries would write, 230, comma, Hatton Avenue. So I knew the erased characters must have been commas. They'd been erased after typing them in. The writer realized they betrayed his foreign origin. Question. Who at 230 Hatton Avenue is not an American? The Plunkett, a Yank. The Braytons, Midwestern. This was a lamp of American pioneers. Lewis Hodge, or Hodgkin, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Joe so the janitor, born in Hester Street, New York City. Mrs. Lester, an American. Hubert Lester, her husband. An Englishman. Right, Nicky. Hubert Lester, in this country only six months. Not long enough to have broken himself with his English punctuation habits. So I knew it was Hubert Lester who wrote that letter to his wife, accusing himself of being untrue to her. But why, Maestro? Well, Sergeant, obviously Lester decided he'd made a serious error in marrying Mrs. Lester. This was his devious way of getting her to divorce him, instead of giving her the actual grounds which might have caused the scandal and the loss of his job. Then why did Lester send those letters to the other people in the house? Obviously dared to divert suspicion from himself, to make the writer seem to be someone of a diseased or disturbed mind, a chronic and indiscriminate mischief-maker. I imagine Lester had in mind putting the blame on Dr. Drayton's unhappy neurotic 15-year-old daughter, type often responsible for anonymous letters. Yes, Lester is a mischief maker in this case, Dad. I'm sure you can dig up some charge to make him pay for it.